The Brewery Adventures podcast is sponsored by Rivalry Brews. Get beer shipped directly to your door from RivalryBrews.com. Rivalry Brews is an Ohio-based small business, and their craft beer boxes are a great gift idea for the beer drinker in your life. I personally use and love their service because there's no better mail than beer mail. Featuring top Ohio breweries like Urban Artifact, Twin Oast, Saucy Brew Works, Great Lakes, Fretboard, Masthead, Fatheads, and more, Rivalry Brews ships beers to 41 states. Get $5 or $10 flat rate shipping on all 12 plus beer orders and use code MMA McKinney for 10% off your order at rivalrybrews.com. That's code MMA McKinney for 10% off your order at rivalrybrews.com. Didn't get too far. Nineteen miles to the gas range now, and I never walked that far before. It tastes like candy and cigarettes, and at that point, I hadn't tasted anything better yet. Got that love that can make. Welcome back to the Brewery Adventures podcast. Today, we have a very special treat. We are actually on site. I uh, don't do this very often, but I uh, made my way to Mount Healthy uh, in the, I guess, what, north northwest portion. Do you guys consider yourselves west side brewery um, or? Yeah, we, we, it's funny you ask. Uh, we kind of, we want to rebrand ourselves as the central corridor. <laughs> okay. uh, the west side does not claim us um, by any means. We are west of 75. Um, but yeah, basically we're between, you know, the Colerain, Winton Road corridor, uh, directly north of, uh, downtown Cincinnati. All right. Well, yeah. So the brewery that we're talking about today is Fibonacci Brewing Company, and that is the voice of co-owner Bob Bullis. And I guess you, do you still brew? Do you do, do you, what, what's your main like day to day other than co-owner just? Yeah. Yeah. So I still work a full-time job as a software engineer. Um, so my... My day job uh, takes up most of my time. I occasionally brew. I'm more so a sister head brewer, Sam uh, Keller, who you'll be speaking with probably later in this podcast. Uh, he does the majority of our brewing nowadays. Awesome. So yeah, so um, let's talk a little bit about the, the brewery. So you guys just hit seven years. I was actually here on your seven year anniversary. And I like that you made it like not just one day, it was the whole weekend. I came yeah. on Friday thinking that it would be like the quiet day <laughs> and we were like standing at one of your tree stumps out in your, in your beer garden, like, like eyeing a table, like looking for someone to yeah. like push over and, and steal a table. But, um, yeah, so you guys seven years, um, so you've, you've been around a while, I guess that would make what 2015 when you opened. Yep. Yep. We opened, uh, July, 2015. Um, uh, this was the first year we've actually done it for an entire weekend. Uh, we've always just done a Saturday, uh, for the the birthday party. Uh, we decided to spread out this this year just to try to not make it so chaotic, but what ended up happening was all three days became, you know, <laughs> chaotic. the craziness. Yeah. Uh, you had perfect weather too. I think it, that's like, 
It did. It was yeah. Come like the last four, three or four years, and every weekend, every year, it seems like you like I can like count on that weekend being great weather. So not to jinx it for next year. Well, it's amazing (laughs) that, and you know, we knock on wood, um, we we have a farmers market the first Sunday of every month, and somehow we're three years into it, and we have had nothing but great weather for all the farmers markets too. So I think the beer gods are just on our side uh, when it comes to our big. Uh, parties that we throw here. Yeah, that uh, so um, as you mentioned, we're in Mount Healthy at Fibonacci, and the the brewery. Um, you know, when you when you first come up to it, I always like am afraid that I'm going to pass it because you're you're driving down is it Compton Road, and then it just comes. It's like right there. Um, but you guys are are not only have the the main building where you brew, which was a former flower shop, right? Is yeah. that correct? But now you have the the second building. Uh, the, I guess you call it the farmhouse, which is where we are. We have a big beer garden, so it's turning into a little bit of a compound here, like um, that, that you guys have in in, uh, in Mount Healthy. You've, you've definitely expanded over the the few years, and and was that something that was like always the plan? Did it just happen organically? How did you guys get the the multiple different kind of locations here? Yeah, so that, that's a good question. Our our first uh, when we, when we opened up the original brewery, it was just the brew house with the tap room upstairs. Uh, we purchased the property next door the following year. We always knew we kind of wanted this property too, but we didn't have the funds to actually purchase both properties uh, when we were initially getting started. So we purchased this property in 2016. Uh, didn't really start uh, delving deep into rehabbing the property and getting it to where we wanted to be until 2018. Uh, 2019 is when we brought the animals on site for the first time. We opened the Airbnbs in late 2019, and then we opened up the beer garden in the following summer in 2020. So it was a couple year progress uh, to get to this point from when we originally opened, but yes, we always kind of knew we wanted the urban farm aspect to be part of the, part of the brewery experience. And that, that is in, in doing, you know, research and knowing a little bit about the brewery. That's like, I, I don't know if I'm, I'm, I see you get in, involved in, in it too, but I think your, your wife, Betty, like that was her side of the dream. And then your side of the dream was the, the brewing. And then it kind of just melted together. Is that how it kind of happened? Like, naturally yeah. like that or, or um... yeah for sure so even the the name of our brewery Fibonacci Brewing uh, has ties into my background as you know a math and science guy who really enjoys that aspect but the Fibonacci sequence actually models the way a lot of uh, plants grow in nature so my wife is really into you know urban farming nature plants in general so it was a way that we could tie you know our two passions together in that regard so yes the the urban farm is definitely Betty Sick, uh, 100%. <laughs> uh, and even though, you know, I, I loved brewing that sort of thing, I, I would say, you know, Betty also had a big big role in pushing us to actually, you know, open up a, a nano brewery back in the day. You know, she's she's someone that can, is more willing to take that, that leap of faith. Um, I'm someone who has to analyze everything yeah. <laughs> and make sure, you know, it all looks good on paper before moving forward. So, yeah, she was very instrumental in getting the brewery off the ground, too. So it seems like the, the one thing that I was, you know, kind of in, in prepping for this uh, and, and, you know, thinking about you guys. And I, I kind of like think through like, you know, the, the story that I want to tell. Of course, you, you have your own story. But from my standpoint of, of following you guys for so long, it seems like you guys have every single time that I come here, you've done something a little different. You've added on and it's not like you come here one day and then it's 
you know, this massive change. It, it's been slow and, and, and steady throughout the, the years. And as you mentioned, you have an Airbnb, you guys have the goats and the chickens. And, and I love the way that you guys have just seemed to add on. Like, it, it's always interesting to come here because I'm like, what have they done now? Like, what do I have to go see? Um, and of course the, you know, the beer, which we'll talk about is, is always, the beer is kind of the, the, the opposite where you guys always have very similar beers, but it's always great beer. And you, you do like small variants of, of a lot of similar beers. Um, but you know, what, what's, what was involved in, and, you know, just, it, it, I, I think of it as like, you guys are not like, you know, completely renovating this place. I think of it as like you buy a house and then you, you slowly add on and you're like, okay, I'm going to fix this area. And then we're going to focus on this. Is that kind of you know, yes. what you guys were, were, how you planned it? Um, yeah, I mean, we, we are one of the few breweries that do not have any outside investors. So everything that we have built here has been through me and Betty, um, us, our own personal investments, uh, as well as, you know, us taking out, you know, some small business loans to rehab some of the stuff. So, Yes, everything has been very intentional. It's been very slow uh, on purpose to ensure that we're capable of meeting our growth and to be able to support those expansions. Um, but yeah, even small stuff, you know, like we added fire pits uh, to the beer garden for the, the months where it's a little cooler out that you can sit yeah. around a fire. We we recently put sound paneling in next door in the tap room where yeah. the acoustics, yeah. you know, aren't that great. Even the small little stuff like that, um, you know, has been very deliberate and very planned and and how we've rolled those out. You know, we we all we, we have a huge priority list of you know <laughs> stuff we do tomorrow if money was no honey do list. Uh, yeah, yeah, but you know, it's it's um, trying to figure out what's going to make the biggest impact on the customer experience and trying to pursue those. You know, um, as, as they become available for us to pursue. Yeah, and the the small thing that I noticed last time I was here was the stage. I don't know how long you guys have had that, but I'm sure the bands love having like an actual location and you know to set up and, and really feel like a band as opposed to like i mean the beer garden's awesome but it's it's cool as a band to like play on a stage and, sure. and really feel like you're you know at a concert and then also you're playing out to this to this awesome beer garden which is i mean the 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 amount of shade is just like i mean it's it's completely shaded uh, you guys have a bunch of picnic tables it seems like every time there's there's a couple more picnic tables but it's not like overwhelming number of where you're like right next to someone i feel like you can go and like sit and like you're almost in your own little area. Yeah. Um, but so we're in the building that, that we're, I guess the upstairs is the Airbnb. And as a person who travels a lot and goes to breweries, I always am like, that's an awesome idea. Like I would love to go and, and actually am going to do, I, I don't know if you guys follow all the other breweries, but a couple, I think at least one other brewery in Ohio, Sandy Springs has an Airbnb. Um, and, uh, correct. The, but so I'm actually going to go check that one out. Um, but I feel like if I was, not living in Cincinnati, I would definitely look up at you guys and be like, oh, there's a brewery with an Airbnb. Let's just stay there. Do you guys get a lot of people that are brewery travelers or do you get the general public? And then they're like, oh, did not realize this was a brewery. Like what's the what's the mix of, of people that, that stay in your Airbnb? Yeah, I would say um, probably everyone that stays here knows that they're staying on site at okay. a brewery, <laughs> uh, that it's very upfront in our, in our listings. Uh, however, I would say... The brewery is probably not the number one draw for most of our customers. Uh, the people that stay in our Airbnbs, their first question is not, what time's the tap room open? What beers are on tap? It is almost exclusively always, when do we get to hang out with the goats? Okay. Yeah, 100% of the time. Yeah. Like, it's, it's <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, 
you know, I, I explained to my wife, I'm like, you know, these animals are great and all, but, you know, what, what value are they adding, you know, to, to this experience? And once we opened up the Airbnbs, it became very obvious the amount of value that they added to the experience here. So, Especially um, the kids. Kids love uh, the, the, kids. the goats. Yeah. We, um, right before this podcast, I was actually out there with a couple of kids uh, feeding them some honeysuckle. It's one of the goats' favorite things, and the kids always enjoy it. Um, let's talk about the beer. So I have a couple in front of me. I think I know what they are. But um, the, the first one is uh, your Belgian beer, um, the, the cantaloupe version, Hoy, Hoy Mello, I guess is the name of it. Um, yep. I've had this before, and I love it. And Diana, who, who we'll have on here later, um, I guess remember that about me, which is awesome, and uh, grabbed it for me. So I think it's actually higher ABV, right? It's a it's a Belgian. Is it a triple? Yeah, it's a traditional Belgian triple. Is the base, uh, and this one is actually infused with cantaloupes. So we we have another one that's infused with peaches and cinnamon, and those are the two variants we do of the Belgian triple. So the it's I. I I, I like to explain so that you definitely get the the cantaloupe and the melon in there. Don't personally eat a lot of cantaloupe in my in my daily life, but I do love the beer, and it's not like a traditional like you know just it, it feels to me that from the the flavor of the beer, it's not just like a we throw some cantaloupe in there and and we adjunct it or we add a cantaloupe extract. What do you guys do any sort of different process with you? You mentioned infused. Yeah. Um, that's like. You know what's the process without giving away all the the, the dark secrets that that happened down in because you guys were in the basement, right? Yes. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> the uh, without yeah, giving I, away too many of the secrets, what's the difference? Because you you can definitely tell that it's not just like you guys threw some cantaloupe in there and called it a cantaloupe, you know, right. and triple. Yeah. So a, a couple things with that. Uh, the first one is. Our fruited beers are typically more of an accent to the beer. Um, some of our fruited sours get pretty, you know, fruity. But uh, for, for a lot of our other beers, the, the fruit and the, you know, the fresh herbs and stuff that we put into the beer are meant to be more of an accent to the beer to enhance the flavor and give you a little different perspective uh, rather than being the focal, you know, stage point of the, the beer itself. Uh, as far as our process is concerned and how we infuse the different fruits and herbs and local ingredients into our beers, a lot of the, most of the beers that we do, we will do that after primary fermentation and a lot of times directly into the keg so that we can brew one batch of the beer and then, you know, have different variants from that one batch, you know, to have two, three, four different beers. Uh, so this is one of them. We actually transfer some of the batch of the Belgian triple into a smaller uh, container that is traditionally used as a yeast brink. Uh, but we just turn it into basically a little mini fermenter, add some fresh cantaloupe to it, have a little blow off tube so it can, you know, fully ferment out. And then we keg directly from that and force carbonate it after it ferments the cantaloupe out. Awesome. Yeah, that... Uh I just nerded out thinking about the, uh, I, I do some home brewing, yeah. not very well, but, um, yeah, I, I hope that brewing, made sense to people yeah, that the, aren't necessarily home brewers. Yeah. The, the, uh, but the, the process is, is definitely very interesting and you guys aren't, you, you, you don't can a lot. I mean, you have a, a, a crowler machine, but you're not like distributing your beer. So you, you do get to, you know, play around with, with some of the fruit in, in the secondary. And, and you are saying that you're fermenting out most of your fruit, but yep. you know, a lot of places, a lot of people now are like putting fruit in there and like, oh, that's going to re it. And like, 
then they're canning it and then yeah. it's yeah let's keep it let's you have to keep that cold or they will explode so <laughs> don't have to worry about that so much with uh in a keg but uh I'm, I'm glad you guys are still fermenting out and also who wants to just drink like straight fruit juice sure i mean sure. some a lot of people do apparently but i don't so um, yeah if you like that i mean you can, you can dump some vodka in a smoothie too and get the same effect yeah and it doesn't have to be beer right so what's the other the other one is a, is a dark beer i think that it's um yeah so the other one you have here is uh our american stout it's called the toll house and this is going to have uh pretty strong traditional characteristics of any stout which is some nice roasty uh coffee and chocolate aroma and flavors uh this is our number one seller typically uh, especially if you include all the variants of this so i think we have five different variants that we do of this beer yeah i definitely get the i'm a, a, a you know coffee fanatic i get the like the bitterness from the from the chocolate and definitely the coffee in there honestly one of one of my favorite stouts in the in the city and, and one of my favorite that i've ever had and i love all the variants i love that you guys have done like some carolina reaper ones you guys have done some other fun ones what's been like your favorite variant in term not even necessarily the toll house but um, do you have a, a favorite variant that you guys have done um, throughout the years? Uh, I would say my favorite variant of the Toll House is probably the Soma. Uh, and that's probably the one, uh, the chocolate mint, we probably do less often. But the Soma is probably the second least amount done. Yeah. Uh, and the Soma is an Indian cuisine-inspired cuisine in, uh, beer. So we have toasted coconut curry and some some chili peppers in there to uh make it a little bit spicy but not much um but yeah that's uh that's probably my favorite of the toll house variants i do really like we do one with the cold pressed coffee too that you know just intensifies those coffee flavors yeah. that you're getting out of the the base toll house so i was lucky enough to have the soma and i think you guys bottled it last was it last year that you did the or maybe two years ago it's been at least a year, maybe three years ago, Samson. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> wow. Maybe three years. I guess I've been around so. for a while then. So yeah, the the um, right twenty twenty. That was the only thing that I missed I from from the uh, from the anniversary this year. I, I but it was a lot lighter on my wallet because I came in and was like I need every bottle that you guys have. Um, yeah. You did a bunch of variants of, of the Toll House at least maybe a, a I don't know that I guess maybe it was three years ago, but. Yeah, it was. Um, it's been at least yeah. a year or two. And I liked that they were like darker beers. I didn't feel like I had to like drink them immediately in, in terms of like, you know, sometimes with crawlers, like you, you know, you don't want to, after a few days, you want to, you want to make sure that you get, get that, that thing drunk. But sure. the, yeah, so, um, uh, great beer, great location. Um, what, is there anything else that you want people to know about Fibonacci? I mean, the, I feel like you guys are kind of an, I guess this can be a good thing and a bad thing. You guys are kind of like the best kept secret in Cincinnati and that like you produce great beer and it's, it's fantastic every single time you have this awesome location, but it's not typically one that like, you know, when people are saying like, Oh, Cincinnati breweries, like if you're visiting, it's not usually one of the first, you know, two or three that people are, are saying, but I, you know, definitely think that it should be. Um, that's why I'm here and, 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 you know, and, and, you know, talking to you guys, but you know, what, what's something that you guys, that you would want to know, want people to know that either have been here or haven't been here. Um, and, and when they might be traveling to Cincinnati. Yeah. So you bring up some good points there. Uh, since we do not distribute, you're, you're right. If you haven't been out here to experience us, uh, you, you probably never even tried our beer, you know, unless you were lucky enough to, 
you know, a friend brought some to a party or something to share with you. Uh, chances are you, you've never had us uh, since we don't distribute. Um, as far as people that have never been here, I mean, you know, if, if you like live music, hanging out with friends uh, during the fall and spring, like I said, we have fire pits that you can enjoy. Uh, you know, if you like animals coming out, hanging out with the, the goats and chickens, you know, which butt right up to our, our beer garden, um, I, I would say come check us out. You know, it's, it's definitely a unique experience that you don't get from every other brick and mortar brewery out yeah. there. Um, Farmers markets. You guys have an event over in your main building tonight. It looked like a, a clothing swap or something. There was a lot of fabric. Uh, yeah, so we, we host the farmers market the first Sunday of the month uh, through, let's see, May through November, I think it is. Uh, tonight we have one of our DIY workshops. It's actually, they, they do have cloth over there. It's not a clothing swap, but they're actually making uh, homemade beeswax. Uh, wraps oh so, that's cool that's awesome i don't know if you've ever seen the yeah. wraps that you can like store food in or whatever yeah and they're washable so they're making those so the inner inner part of it is a piece of cloth and then you basically line it with beeswax all about the sustainability the and, yeah. and yeah reuse reusability that's awesome yeah i i love that you know you guys always just have like these unique events that i've never seen anywhere else like like something like that like i never would have known that that's what that was so um but yeah thank you so much bob bolus uh, co-owner Fibonacci Brewing. Uh, we're going to talk with, with Diana right after this, but thank you so much. Thank you for the hospitality and for, for inviting me here. Um, and, and I'll be back many times. Absolutely. Thanks for having me out. Appreciate yeah. it. Okay. So yeah, we are back. Uh, and David McKinney from Brewery Adventures here. And, yeah. And I'm Diana Keller and I do the Keep Moving Forward podcast. So we decided to make this sort of a collaborative thing. So if you're listening whether you're listening to to my podcast, Brewery Adventures, or Diana's podcast, uh, welcome. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about kind of what each of us do, and then we'll maybe just kind of collaborate with uh, mostly talking about what you do because uh, that is a little bit more timely. But uh, <laughs> we're we're sitting uh, just to to give you guys a little bit of background. We're sitting at Fibonacci Brewing uh, in Mount Healthy, in uh, I don't, it's not technically a suburb, but in Cincinnati. Yeah. We're in Cincinnati. <laughs> I uh, call it a suburb of Cincinnati, so we're gonna go with that. Yeah, basically a suburb of Cincinnati. <laughs> um, so yeah, let me, why don't you introduce yourself first, and yep. then I'll I'll introduce myself a Absolutely. little bit. I'm gonna drink some beer while you while yeah, you talk. Yeah, please do. So yeah, as I said, those of you who are listening in on my pat my podcast know who I am, obviously. But those of you who are hearing me on Brewery Adventures, my name is Diana Keller. I am a local podcaster, author, public speaker, one-on-one -on -one life coach. So I'm doing a lot of different things. And actually, as we're recording this and collaborating, I'm in the midst of publishing my first book, which is called Stop Talking About the Weather. So that one is the pre-order. becomes out August 18th. And then the book actually launches on September 1st. Um, and I'm also a huge craft beer enthusiast, which is how we kind of came together. So why don't you kind of tell your side of things? <laughs> yeah. So my name is David McKinney, uh, the host of the Brew Adventures podcast. Uh, I have been brewery adventuring for like mm -hmm. five, six, seven, I don't know how many years at this <laughs> point, but uh, my, my now wife at the time, girlfriend and I started going to all the breweries mm -hmm. in Cincinnati. Um, and, you know, I think Fibonacci was actually one of our last ones that mm -hmm. we went to. Yeah. Maybe like this and then Westside. Yeah. Um, but, but the podcast, basically, I talk about I travel not only in Cincinnati, but all around the country mm -hmm. and, and talk about different breweries. And I've almost... I'm, gonna hit 500 breweries in the next like That's couple exciting. of months is exciting um, but I talk about you know breweries from all across the country mm -hmm. and it's typically what me and another guest um, and today 
talk a little bit about Fibonacci. We're at Fibonacci. I'm drinking Fibonacci beer. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but you heard a little bit earlier that the owner, Bob, um, gave kind of a, a great background of, of Fibonacci. Um, and, and, you know, we're sitting in the, what do you guys call it? The farmhouse? We, we call it the farmhouse. Yeah. yeah. The so farmhouse. like, even when, when we talk about like events or it'll, it's the main tap room in the farmhouse, that's yeah. what we call it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the, our connection, how we knew each yes. other is my wife, actually, I, you guys yeah. knew each other from like your childhood, right? Yeah. So it's so funny because, uh, we knew each other cause we went to Sunday school class at the same place. Um, and so we were connected that way. And I think that I just saw maybe on social media that you guys were in Cincinnati and you were going to breweries. I'm like, I love breweries. And so we've connected that way and, and have since, you know, collaborated and, and gotten together. But then also our love of running has brought us together more recently as well. So yeah. it was really a long journey, but a really <laughs> interesting one. Yeah, I remember, um, yeah, Angie, who is my wife, uh, mentioning like, oh, yeah, like I know this person, Diana, like my, my friend, and, and I've known her for a long time. And her husband actually brews. Yes. At, or I guess you guys weren't married then, but yeah. he brews at Fibonacci. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. And then we, you know, yeah, we met came you guys out. And, yeah, and, and came out. And, and Fibonacci has really turned into one of our, our favorite places. So, um, yeah, the uh, so you started... Uh, your podcast, um, like so, in pan, like in pandemic time, I yeah, think, right? Yeah, so I started initially, I started a blog, and that was in 2020, so like peak pandemic, uh, May of 2020, and then I actually decided to move it to a podcasting platform in November of 2021. So um, I'm relatively new to the podcasting space. I actually just published my 50th episode this month, um, so really, really new to um, this kind of genre of media, um, and since then, I have launched my LLC, I'm doing more speaking engagements, and have written my book, so yeah. <laughs> a lot of changes within the last 10 or so months. It seems like once you like start doing things oh, yeah. and start making them happen, I'm very much a person like... I don't want to talk about things. I want to do things. Mm -hmm. Then they like, it's kind of a snowball effect, right? They can happen very fast. Like it's very self-driven. Yeah. And I've seen that like watching you kind of from afar where it's like, oh wow, you were like writing a book and I'm like, oh now it's like coming out. (laughs) Like that's, and that's, that is, you said it perfectly. Like I am a very action oriented person. That's the whole kind of spiel with keep moving forward is it's, it's so action oriented. And so in December I had this idea to potentially write a book and then I made it happen. And in May I was like, I'm done with this book. Let's publish it. So it's really been a a very quick turnaround time where I, you know, between beginning the book and then writing it and then getting it published. I mean, it was less than a year. I mean, it was, it was truly a matter of nine months. Um, so it was insane, (laughs) but like in the best possible way. So, um, let's talk about the, the book first, Mm -hmm. um, because that's, I guess the most timely thing. Um, you, you mentioned that you wrote it and the, it, it sounds like it's a little bit of a, a, a different type of book. Like it's not like a, a novel that you would read or right. even like a self-help book. It's the, the, the title is stop talking about the weather, which mm-hmm. I love the title. Yeah. First of all, I love the weather Yes. and I like talking about the weather and I can really get involved in talking about the weather. Yeah. But I get the, the point of like, mm-hmm. you know, stop making small talk about like, exactly. oh, it's really warm. It's really cold, you know, whatever. So, well, especially running, I yes. think about the weather oh so much, yes. first of all, but um, <laughs> I get the, the concept of, of like, uh, so how did you come up with the name and, and what's the, the concept Absolutely. of the book? So the book is not, as you said, like a typical book. It is a 
journal meets coffee table book meets it's it's a lot of different things kind of all rolled up into one so the book is a compilation of a hundred different questions conversation starters prompts quotes to really get you engaged in more authentic conversation and more meaningful connection so you're not defaulting to kind of what I like to call the lowest common denominator of the group of we all experience the weather so that's what we're going to default to talking to and that's what this book is meant to drive is those um conversations where you don't know what else to talk about and so the book is broken up into five different chapters where as you go through the book it gets deeper and and more in-depth types of questions so like chapter one I say is like great for the people that you're just meeting for the first time or um, like if you're working with your co-workers in a professional setting it's like kind of like light-hearted fun questions but by the time you get to chapter five the book is really in-depth and I say honestly like these are actually really great journal prompts they're really ones for a lot of reflection and things to maybe internalize first before you're ready to share that with the world so it can be used in a setting where like we could literally sit and take out the book and have a conversation like this on our podcast for all you know it could literally be as simple as that or it could be stuff like I need to work through these emotions and this is the platform that I'm going to use to do this um, and so it, the the name of the book honestly just kind of came to me one day because I was like this is just stop doing and I notice and I notice it in my everyday life when I you know go to the coffee shop like oh man it's so muggy out today yeah. <laughs> things like that and so I was like so now I'm I'm so actively aware of how am I engaging people in conversation and it's not like I need to get into a deep you know know life altering conversation with them but how can i just engage their personality and who they are more than just talking about that lowest common denominator yeah that's that's a, a great you know top and and even with people that that you know you know and mm-hmm. you've had these deep conversations with previously oh yeah i feel like you still kind of default to a lot of times oh. like talking about the weather like yes. it's it looks <laughs> it's, like it's gonna be nice outside like <laughs> yes. let's yeah you know and even i i jokingly say like you know, my husband or best friends, like, we'll sit there and talk, and it'll be like, oh, how was your day? What have you got going on this weekend? And so what this is meant to do is to to help you think about other conversations so you're not defaulting to those um, easy conversations, maybe working a little bit harder to have more meaningful ones. Yeah, and so I listened to the episode of your podcast mm-hmm. where you interviewed people that yeah. were on your book release team, uh-huh. and I loved it. I, I think that it was so much more than just you were having you know just general conversations yeah. with people, but just the prompt of the question immediately, people were like, "Oh, that's a that's a question. Like, I want to I want to reflect on that, and I'm going to yeah. give you more than just a like you know two word answer. I'm yes. going to give you a longer answer." Um, but so, so the book, and, and maybe we, we can do a question off, you sure. know, off the yeah, top of your absolutely. head, but, um, we, you know, we're gonna talk about the, the events that you have coming up and in your podcast, but do you have one that you, you know, I don't, not to oh, put you on yeah, the spot. No, no, no. I know a bunch of them. <laughs> so, um, I have a texting community platform that like I send out, you know, weekly messages to. And so I actually sent the one out, one out to them yesterday. And the question was, um, talk about a time where you said no to something and that no empowered you. And the reason that I I wrote this question was because a lot of the times we think of like opportunities are affiliated with the term yes. Like you say yes to an opportunity. But I think there's a lot of times, especially when it comes to boundary setting, that saying no is actually an empowering moment or an empowering opportunity. So the question is, okay, so talk about a time where you said no to an opportunity and that no actually 
better for you than saying yes? Oh, that's a good one. You can share your answer. <laughs> I'll, I'll, um, yeah. So I'll have to think. See, like even me, like I yeah. wrote these questions and it still <laughs> takes me a minute to kind of think about them. But um, so, yeah, so I won recently with with work and I won't get too much into it just ahead, in case. Yeah. But, you know, I, I am, am newer to my to my role mm-hmm. and, and my role was. Um, kind of defined as as you know something, and then it became you know started ag- right. again that snowballing yeah. of like here here's some here's more here's more here's yeah. more right, mm-hmm. and then um, I I kind of pushed back on something and, and said no like mm-hmm. you know this is not my role, mm-hmm. not that I don't want to do it, but mm-hmm. this is not where I feel like my time is most val- like this is not the best time best way for me to spend my day. Yes, basically, you know pulling together you know reporting and things like that and like and i think that that's so important is to talk about those times of like boundary setting because i think especially in like a digital age and i know that the people always say that like especially i mean we're both millennials and so like we we grew up without it and we experienced it and now it's it is our lives now like it's a such a large part and so boundary setting especially as a millennial or anyone younger is really difficult because it is literally at the tips of our fingers um, for us to be connected and to say yes to people and so I had um, just recently kind of as an example for me is I was interviewed on a podcast and they asked to do like a podcast swap where they came on mine and I said honestly right now I just don't have the capacity to do that like reach out to me in like two to three months but right now I just can't and I knew that that was so much better for me and empowering for me because I wasn't overfilling my plate um, and I was setting those boundaries of what I can and cannot handle and so that was a really empowering moment for me to just uh, be able to say no and and stick by that yeah I actually have another example too yeah, it yeah, even actually happened today so um, I you know had had been doing MMA stuff mm-hmm. uh, you know ultimate fighting if, yeah. if you're not familiar um, and locally for a really long time and doing, you know, commentary for fights and mm-hmm. blogging. And that's kind of how I got into beer because I mm-hmm. sold the MMA blog and yeah. was like, I'm done with that. Yeah. And then I <laughs> uh, decided to get back into it. And I really just started like, not even a website, but like social media mm-hmm. accounts of, of covering and, and had someone that was like, oh, I can help you with like, mm-hmm. with that. And I was like, really, this is a, a hobby of like, when I feel like doing it, that's, yeah, I right. do it. And mm-hmm. if I don't feel like doing it, then I don't. And bringing someone on would start that, you know, would start the 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 snowball again snowball would start like like, i feel like now someone is like working for me and i have to like edit what they do and and, you know you know make sure that they are um you know keeping up to to the standards that i had that i set for myself right um so yeah that that's something that happened and the person was like oh yeah okay that like that's that's fine Mm -hmm. and it reset the 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 boundaries for them too i think of like okay that this person is like you know not fully invested in this but Mm -hmm. they're still it's like Hey, whenever I have time and, and this is a hobby that I want to do, then, then I do it. Right. So. And I think the other thing that, or the other piece of why saying no is empowering is because in a lot of situations in our own heads, we tell ourselves the narrative that someone is going to be disappointed when we say no. And so when we say no, kind of like in your situation, when they're just like, okay. And it, it helps us by actually saying it out loud. It gets us out of our head of what we think the outcome was going to be to actually seeing what the outcome is. And so I think that that's empowering for a lot of reasons as well is because we can actually, instead of our brain's future telling, we actually allow it to happen and see what the outcome is instead of 
um, hypothesizing of what we think it's going to be. Um, so something that I, I was, I don't know, I'm in, I didn't know how I would broach it, but yeah. your, you know, your podcast and your mm-hmm. book are specifically, I think, and you, you call it out, targeted to, to women. Yes. Um, so you say inspiring women to take action, assisting in connection, compassion, authenticity, and love and their daily habits and relationships. Mm-hmm. So, A, I think that that's, you know, obviously I'm, I'm a man and mm-hmm. you're a woman, but yeah. the how much of that, even like the, the saying no mm-hmm. aspect of it is, um, I don't know, I feel like for me for, as a man, it, it, I, again, gender, right. you know, gender right, right. roles and, and, and things are, are defined in kind of like a, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know, sometimes I feel like they're ingrained, but they're really not. Right, right. Um, but how much of that is like, do you think that like empowering specifically women yeah. is different than empowering men to you know to say to be able to say no? This is a great question for a lot of reasons, and so um, one of the um, women that I personally look up to in this space is Brene Brown, and Brene Brown is a amazing researcher, and I actually just was reading in her book kind of the differences between men and women in this approach and how it's very different the experiences and the um, mental shift for men and women is very different and so i like to speak specifically to women because that's the background that i have that is um, the gender i identify as and so it's easy for me to speak to that demographic because i know the thoughts um, without having to do extensive research to understand but it's really funny that you bring that up because there was a time where my husband and I, um, so my husband is Sam, the brewer for Viv. Um, <laughs> so he and I were sitting in a car and I just pulled out the book and um, I asked him a question and he kind of shut down pretty quickly. He's like, I don't like this. I don't, it's not, um, it doesn't make me feel comfortable. I feel like this is very surface level. And I said, this is actually a really great question. And, and my immediate response was not that my immediate response was anger I was like why aren't you supporting me (laughs) (laughs) but afterwards we kind of talked a little bit about that and how this book can be used differently for men and women because our approaches are so different and so one of the things that he brought up that I never really thought about was at least for him and and this could be just kind of his personality him as um, a male he likes to be able to really think about things and reflect on them before he talks about them. And so that was something that I actually had to incorporate into the book in the introduction. I was like, you know, some people might love to answer these right away, whereas some people might need kind of space and time to reflect on the questions before they answer. And and so it was really interesting to me because I was thinking about it through the eyes of my own lens of my personality and as being a female and knowing how females like to interact with one another. But once I kind of asked men to participate and, and try it out, it was really eye-opening to how different it actually was. Yeah. I So I have like friends that are our friends that, mm-hmm. that my wife and I, you know, know mm-hmm. and, and friends that are men and I can have, you know, spend the entire day with, with a person. Yeah. And it's like very surface level a lot of times yes. too. And it's like, you know, we'll talk about things, but mm-hmm. you know, to the point, to the point of like, okay, it's, it's, you know, skin it, deep. Right, and then exactly. she comes and she's like asking all these questions and I'm like, <laughs> wow, how did that, ha- where did we get to this so point? Like, it's, I think it probably annoys people at some points because like, I will just dive into a conversation with someone and I'm just like asking them all these questions, like getting real, like to the root of who they are. And they're like, who is this woman? And why is she yeah. talking to me like this? <laughs> like, can we not just talk about like our jobs and why we're here? And like, it, so it's a hundred percent. It's so 
interesting, the differences in the approaches. And not only that, but if you want to cultivate those kinds of relationships, like the specific steps that you have to take, and I'm not generalizing this for men versus women, but just being mindful of the way that people um, react in those kind of situations and understand um, what they're bringing to the table. And like I said, Sam had really had reframed things for me um, to help me better understand how I can serve a larger population. But yes, I do market to women because that's just the demographic I know best. Um, yeah, I, I think that that's a, a really interesting like like dynamic. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and the, I don't know, I, I think it's just interesting the, the you know, being a, it is difficult as a man to be aware, and yes. as a woman, it's difficult to be a, to be aware of what yeah. a, what a man experiences as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Um, and those the relationships are so much different, even with like someone that I'm like I consider a really close friend. Yeah. That that my wife can come in and get so much more out of this person in like 20 minutes than like we spent the entire day. And the, and that's actually so. Um, this kind of concept was what sparked the whole intent of the book. So I, I, I say blame, but I really give credit to my friend Arden for, um, for having me write the book because I was thinking about it. It was very weird. It was like one week in December. I was kind of thinking like, this would be a cool concept. And then he texted me and he said it was December 18th. Cause I looked back at it recently <laughs> and he said, he said that our friend group should do that like 20 questions game to get to know each other because we've been friends for 17 years and I know I don't even know what half of them do for work (laughs) if I'm being honest with you and I and after he said that I realized like these people we consider our best friends we honestly don't know all that deeply and so that is what really kind of sparked my want to do this book and we do a friendsgiving each year and my hope this year is for us to do a Friendsgiving, maybe like get a cabin out in Hocking Hills and, and actually utilize the book. Like that's my, my hope because I, I, you know, I love these people. Like they've been my friends for a really long time for more than half my life, but I, I know so minimal about them because of distance or because of, you know, our service level conversations and we get together, we usually talk about beer and food and yeah. that's about it. And a lot of times when you're, when you're seeing people, you're, you're catching up on like, what's the latest yes. news? Like, yes, Oh exactly. yeah. Like I, you know, I got a new tattoo or yeah, whatever. Exactly. Like, yeah. Like things like that. So yeah, I, I, it's hard. It's a lot of times like you can get off on tangents of yeah. like, things like that. So one of the, one of the other things that popped up to me and just look and, and thinking about the book is, um, my, uh, my wife and I, again, like we were, you know, just having fun one time sitting mm-hmm. on our patio and, and thinking like, let's like think of a bunch of questions asked to each yes. other. And we started talking about this and, um, we were like, this feels like, like a first date. Yes. Do you like, not that this is designed, that right. your book is designed for that, but like, is that similar to like, okay, like questions you would ask on a first date or, or yes. like questions you would ask on like a first friend date or, right. or whatever. Um, like, so definitely like I would say the first couple chapters are specifically for those kinds of questions, like to help to get to know somebody. But it's, it's again, not the questions of like, what do you do where, you know, like, cause you know, I think back to like, even when, you know, Sam and I started dating and he was like, you know, if you could pick one country to visit, <laughs> like, you know, you know, those questions, those questions that we yeah. asked each other, like, and so and then you get married and they make you actually go to them. <laughs> So that's my wife. Like, she's like, wait, you actually really wanted to go to all these places? And I'm like, yes, I did. And they're like, oh, I thought that was just a conversation. <laughs> yes. Yeah, like, I don't know. I don't know how much you yeah. can hear, but Sam really wants to go to Australia. So, yeah, like not those kinds of questions they are more deep than that, but they are 
that way. So I think yeah. the you know one of the first questions in the book. So um, as I said, the the book gets more in depth as you go, and that's even true about the chapter. So the way that I organized the book was I had my book launch team rank each question one to five, and the average uh-huh. is how I ordered them. Oh. So it literally is like each question is a little bit deeper than the last one. So like the very first question is if you could have a full-time chef, housekeeper, or chauffeur, what would you choose and why? What what, Chef? Chef, housekeeper, or chauffeur? I would say housekeeper by far. Why? I love cooking. Do you? And I love driving. Do you? Okay. Well, that was an easy one. I don't like cleaning. So I I was thinking, uh, it's funny that we talk about this because I I didn't intend it, but I was actually thinking about this yesterday and how I think my answer has shifted. So normally I would say housekeeper. I I honestly don't mind cleaning. I hate doing dishes (laughs) so much. And Sam will tell you, like, I will leave dishes in the sink so badly because I hate doing them. I will literally do every other chore if I have to. Um, So I would typically say housekeeper. But I was thinking about this yesterday, like I'm in a really busy season with all of the events going on that I am not having time to cook. And because of that, I'm defaulting to fast food. I'm defaulting to like frozen pizza and I'm just not eating well. And so now like in this season, I'm like, I really wish I had a chef right now to, and so it was, interesting to me how like that shifted even you know something so small and a goofy question but like why it shifted and and what's going on in my life and that leads to a whole plethora of other questions and other things that you guys can talk about and I say you guys like meaning in your in your conversations but it just that's what the book is meant to do is to yes present these questions to you but lead it in a way that you get to know more and more about the other person and yeah I, I could see where like there are times where I'm like, I would love to have a full-time chef, right? Yeah. Now. If I had kids, yeah, oh, I would love to have a full-time <laughs> chef. Like right. I think that, um, the, yeah, but I, yeah, the, the currently like I, and I feel like I get a lot of creativity out of, of cooking mm-hmm, and like, mm-hmm. I, I really enjoy cooking and yeah. I, I take the time to like make, yeah. you know, make meals. Yeah. And, and I know a lot of people don't. So like a lot right. of people are like, I hate cooking. <laughs> yeah. It's Sam the is that worst. way. Yeah. Like I love to cook. Honestly, it's just like, the mental capacity hasn't been there for me. So it hasn't been fun. And that was part of like why I enjoyed cooking was creating and, and finding new ways to make things. And I would say like, you know, eight out of 10 times, like it's good. And then there's like the occasional two. I'm like, that was disgusting. Terrible. Um, so, but yeah, like I love cooking and, and so, but the mental capacity hasn't been there. So I'm like, okay, I, I need someone to help me in that arena versus something else. That's a great question. I'm going to, yeah, yeah. I'm going to ask a lot of people that. In good, the next, like, week. good. Um, so the book is coming out September 1st, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we're in August. Yes. Uh, so a, a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but you mentioned being busy. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and the reason you're busy is because you have so many events coming up. Yeah. I, I think the, I got the, the trivia question wrong on your Instagram. Oh. <laughs> I, I guessed actually above. You guessed 20. Yeah. Um, currently, I have 13. I just got another okay. one booked today. And then I have two more potentially in the works. And those are kind of exciting. So what I'm doing is I'm going around to the different breweries in Cincinnati. And I basically emailed them. And I was like, hey, will you host me for this event? This is what I want to do. This is my goal. Um, And I'll also do it on a night that you're not super busy to bring more people (laughs) in. And then I said, I'll bring women in. They're like, yes, because obviously that's a really big push right now is to bring more women into the beer community because it's needed. Um, And so I have um, 
13 events booked. I don't even know if I could tell you all of them. I have a lot. Um, <laughs> but the first one is at Fibonacci Brewing, where we are sitting right now um, on Thursday, August 18th. And then I, I believe the last one is October 7th. So they really span about a month. I have about two to three events every week, um, starting next week, starting um, in August and going through October. Um, and ultimately what the event is supposed to be, and I actually got, I wrote the outline for the event just a few days ago and I'm very excited for it. And what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna talk a little bit about the book kind of like we have tonight. And then I'm going to give people an opportunity to actually use it. And while that's happening, I'm going to kind of be facilitating. I'm going to be walking around, sitting down at tables and kind of like encouraging people to push a little bit deeper and, and getting them to have those conversations. So I'm just going to kind of be there to let people know, like, this is the intent. Make sure you're using it. Make sure you're stretching yourself. Um, and then after that, I'm going to kind of do a wrap up. Anybody who wants to do testimonials or um, give their feedback on the event, like I'm going to absolutely welcome it. And then I have one kind of special surprise for how I'm going to wrap up, but I'm very excited for that as well. So, so I, first of all, a love that you're doing it at breweries. I love because I love breweries, yes. but um, the, the women in breweries, yes. uh, that piece of it. And you mentioned like, you know, you're, you're, you bring women in brewery, yep. women to breweries. Mm -hmm. So a, um, like I, I'm listening to a book right now called Girly Drinks that talks about like the history mm -hmm. of women and mm -hmm. alcohol and mm -hmm. like women in bars and, mm -hmm. and you know, saloons and yeah. ale houses and, and ale wives and things like that. Yeah. It's always been a, a complicated subject, no matter yeah. what. Um, like there's never been a question about like, does a man belong in a bar? Right. right. Like, right. and even in breweries now is, is such a different thing. That's even new within the past mm -hmm. decade, mm -hmm. you know, a little over a decade, but let's yeah. say decade. Yeah. Um, like, do have you like, do you ever look at like breweries and, and go to breweries and think like, oh, there's not a lot of women here? Or like, yeah. do you, do you like, yeah. do you kind of keep tabs on that? Um, or? I wouldn't say I keep tabs on it, but I'm definitely aware of it. And I would say for the most part, it's not something that is like I ever feel uncomfortable or anything like that. But I think of when we go to like Dark Lord Day. Um, so Dark Lord Day, for those of you who don't know, is hosted by Three Floyds. Um, it is, a, a, if you could imagine a metal band music <laughs> festival meets like the biggest beer share you'll ever experience in your whole entire life. Like that is what Dark Lord Day is. And I remember there was one specific instance where I was um, inappropriately, sp inappropriately spoken to by a man being a woman at the beer event. And so I've had very, luckily, very, very few instances of that. But it's, it's very interesting to me that, that not all men, absolutely not all men, but that is a, um, a mentality of some people, especially in breweries. And, and so I think that you bring up like, I love that you're reading this book because it's, it's awareness of how can women be introduced to craft beer and how can we create an environment that that kind of mentality is not acceptable and is not the norm. Yeah. So I think, um, the other, the other part of it is women going to breweries, but also mm -hmm. women being involved in, yes. in the, in the, the brewing industry mm -hmm. side. And I don't know all the numbers, but it's it's not enough. It Whether no, right. no matter what the numbers are, it's mm -hmm. not enough. Uh, not enough women, um, even like as bartenders, yeah. even as owners, mm -hmm. brewers, mm -hmm. etc. I think that 
you know, in Cincinnati, like we're lucky that I can think of more than a handful of women yeah. that are like actively involved in mm-hmm. the brewing scene. Um, Betty, who is, is the co-owner here, she yep. is not only involved in Cincinnati, but also in the Brewers Association. Mm-hmm. She's a board member. Yep. Yep. Um, and I can think of, of multiple, you know, other yeah. owners, mul- you know, uh, in, 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 not a ton of brewers, but like. Right. But I think Third Eye has a, yeah. Third Eye has a female yep. Chloe. head brewer. Yeah. Chloe Schaefer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, um, so Third Eye, I, Betty is such an advocate for, um, bringing women into the industry obviously pink boots is a big push um when i even pitched the book to the different breweries there a lot of people were like we would love to get you connected to other resources so i'm so incredibly thankful for um the the industry in cincinnati for that reason that i'm i'm very much so not only accepted but encouraged to do more things and i think even at fib um the majority of our bartenders are women um and we are constantly encouraged to try and get involved and learn about the beer and i can't tell you how many times i've been bartending and people have asked me you know are you the brewer or are you a brewer i'm like i'm not um (laughs) i I have brewed one homebrew i'm a drinker (laughs) yes (laughs) i drink (laughs) a lot and i'm married to the brewers so but i'm also passionate about beer like I, i i know styles and i know different hops and i know I don't know as many grains, but I know what the process of brewing looks like. And, um, and so I love being connected to others who also enjoy that. And, and, and just like you and Angie, like we love to travel. And so, and it's really interesting to me because whenever I tell people, I'm like, yeah, like we travel, like our, our vacations, our, our beercations, like we go to places and they're like, what? (laughs) And so like, I'm very fortunate that we have found a community, not only found each other, that we enjoy this and we kind of started to love beer together but the fact that we are so supported in Cincinnati and we get the opportunity to go to to breweries all over the nation yeah I think um having like it is just such a different like perspective too like when when my wife is at a brewery she looks at things totally different differently than Mm -hmm, I do mm -hmm. and um she'll point out things and I'm like oh would have never thought about that (laughs) (laughs) that's so true and you know like I, I do that absolute the same as Sam. Like, I'll notice things, and he's like, oh, yeah. And, and he notices things that I don't notice and that sort of thing. And But it it's it's so eye-opening just to be able to have those two perspectives. And, and obviously that's, you know, with anything in life, having a multitude and having diversity um, in everything you do is so important because you get so many different viewpoints. And I think that that is something that, is really becoming a focus in Cincinnati craft beer. And honestly, um, there's been a lot of really great movements to identify more women in beer nationally. And I think that that is, is, I am thankful for that as somebody who I, I, say I'm in the industry I'm like industry adjacent <laughs> that's, I really... that's a great term yeah industry adjacent <laughs> industry adjacent I love craft beer we go to breweries and I know about craft beer um, but I'm I wouldn't say I'm in the thick of it but I love I love going to the different breweries and talking to the different brewers and learning and hearing the stories of um, not only the women but the men and, and how they got started and um, people are so passionate. Like, they are. There's nobody in beer. Well, there there are very few people in beer yeah. 
yeah. uh, that aren't passionate. And right. when you go and, and, you know, no matter what brewery you go to, mm-hmm. especially the ones where you're like, if you travel, you get to like cherry pick, like yes. these are the five best or the 10 best, yeah. like you, you know, and like do the research. And that's kind of what the pot, what, what my podcast is about. Yes, like, exactly. I travel and, and I do a lot of research before, mm-hmm. like I go to Chicago and I'm like, okay, where are the 10 actually way more than 10 breweries right. <laughs> that, that I want to go to well, over a weekend or Portland, Maine. And yeah. And I mean, even just our conversation recently, you, we were talking about St. Louis cause Sam and I are going to St. Louis next month and you yeah. guys are going to Denver. And so like being able to have those conversations, yes, like the research, but like the other experiences, because the experience is so much a big part of it too. Like I love the tiny places that I can go and I can talk to the bartenders who know what they're talking about, where the brewers might be behind the bar on occasion. <laughs> like yeah. we love those places because you're going to find the most passionate people there. Whereas, yeah. you know, and I'm not going to knock any brewery, but there are obviously larger breweries where, um, especially if they have like a restaurant and, and that kind of thing that, um, they're almost two separate entities. So your experience is going to be very different than, if you were to go to a tiny brewery like Fibonacci. Yeah. One thing that I, I noticed recently and like thinking back to, cause I went in the spring to a lot of different breweries mm-hmm. and I didn't remember as many specific beers. Yes. I remember places that had good beer, mm-hmm. but the things that I remembered were more like, Oh, we like met someone really cool at this yes. place. We had a really good experience at this place. Mm-hmm. Or like I knew something specific about this place mm-hmm. before. And then like went there and it was like, confirmed yes that's the those are the things that are like the intrinsic things about going to breweries that yeah yeah, the beer is like you know of -hmm. course the 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 main attraction right but i have to look up the beers i don't have to look up the memories right right? like that's such a a a big thing i think when going to a lot of breweries just because you know we're talking about it if you could pick three breweries that kind of like the forefront of your mind like the memories you're like that was a really good experience and it can oh, be man. literally it can be cincinnati it can be nationwide but what are some of the breweries that when you guys have gone to them or maybe it was just you or you know angie shared her experience but like those are like the forefront of your mind of like the memories yeah so off the top of my head um and these are probably going to be more recent yeah um one was um dissolver mm-hmm. in Asheville. Mm-hmm. um i we kind of went there on like a whim it was our second trip in Asheville, and mm-hmm. dissolver was newer mm-hmm. but my friend was like on a long-term assignment mm-hmm. in Asheville, and like that was part of a reason for going and yeah. also it's Asheville. yeah <laughs> and we randomly went there and met up with him and he was i was like well what's what place should we go to and mm-hmm. he mentioned dissolver and mm-hmm. i was like that's where we're going to go. Like I I, I'd always want, I'd wanted to go there anyway. Yeah. So, but I just had a fantastic experience, like yeah. talking to him mm-hmm. and like, he, it was like, he was like, I've been here four months and this is like my fifth time here. Yes. Like, and I, everyone that comes and visits, this is the place I take them. Mm-hmm. And you could tell like his passion about the place and mm-hmm. you could just tell that it was an awesome location and mm-hmm. the people did such a good, yeah. good job. Um, and then, um, let me think of another one. Yeah. I'll share mine while you're thinking. So, yeah, I mean, we obviously have a lot. Um, The one that, just because I brought up Denver a minute ago, one of the ones that came to my mind is Cerebral, which is in Denver. And that was, I I didn't really know anything about it. So, like, I am a huge type A personality, but when it comes to vacations, I just let Sam do all the work and I just show up type of situation. And so he (laughs) knew what we were going to, but I had no idea. And we got there 
And it was, it was a small brewery. Like, I mean, they had the bar, they had a handful of tables and we sat there and I think we each had, you know, a flight, maybe a few other tasters. We got to sit and engage with, you know, like I said, the bartenders who were so knowledgeable, they shared um, about the beer, they shared their favorites, you know, they shared why they, they were the favorites. And I don't even know how long we sat there, but it was just such a, an amazing experience to be able to go in there and not know anything and be just absolutely blown away. Um, Didn't matter what their status was. It didn't matter how many people raved about them. Like I went in blindly and just had such a amazing experience. So that's one of the ones that kind of I personally think of when I think of really good brewery experiences. Yeah. So, and again, these are are more recent. Mm -hmm. So I'll give you two more that are non-Cincinnati and then maybe a Cincinnati one too, just to be, just to be local. Yeah. So non-Cincinnati, I went to Chicago in May with my brother-in-law. Mm-hmm. Um, he had, you know, baby on the way. And it was mm-hmm. like, you know, yeah. this was like his last escape yeah. before before the baby. Yeah. Um, but we went to a bunch of breweries. Yeah. And the very last place that we went to was Metro, Metropolitan Brewing. Okay. Right on the Chicago River. Beautiful night. Like, mm-hmm. you know, early May. Perfect weather. Mm-hmm. And we're just like, hey, we're going to sit there and vibe. And he, mm-hmm. we're, we were going to have a conversation yeah. like you and yeah. I. and. Uh, th- these people, sh- you know, we're sitting at this long, you know, table like as long mm-hmm. as we're mm-hmm. sitting at outside, and pe- these people are like, "Hey, do you mind if we sit yeah. at your table?" And mm-hmm. we're like, "Oh yeah," like, uh, and I'm yeah. like, "Wait, you have an accent? Where are you from?" Yeah, and they were from uh, Denmark, and oh. <laughs> <laughs> what a like that's so I, I love those chance meetings, but continue. yeah, and from uh, 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 Sweden, and uh, two of the people were from Denmark, and two two of the people were from, or one of the person was from Sweden mm-hmm. and we just kind of talked with talked to them and talked to them about like their experience mm-hmm. like a in, in terms of like what you know we're just going to a bunch of breweries yeah. and they were happened to be doing the same thing that night yes. they were like foreign exchange students That's and they awesome. were there for like doctoral programs yeah. and honestly like I love Metro the the beer is amazing I yeah. love lagers and yeah. I love they have like a dark you know Schwartz beer that's mm-hmm. like one of their main beers mm-hmm. and the beer was like the icing on the cake, the the experience and like meeting the people yes. of like, that was a, a, a totally different, and we like bonded over um, my brother-in-law, Joe. We had just gone to um, a record store and they yeah. were like, hey, what records do you have? Yeah. And oh. so he like, bon- like we all bonded over like music mm-hmm. and we bonded mm-hmm. over just like, you know, being going to breweries. Mm-hmm. And then we also talked about like, you know, do you, is this a thing in like in, in Scandinavia? Yeah. And they were like, not really. <laughs> like, <laughs> you just come on over. Yeah. We love it here. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they were, they, they also had like a list of all the places that they were going to. That's and awesome. we gave them like recommendations yeah. of like, we love this place, love this place, this mm-hmm. place. You could like probably skip yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like, so, but we gave them recommendations and they were like, oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then the, so that, that was just a, a great ending mm-hmm. to like, you know, that's the, awesome. the, the, the yeah. great weekend. And, um, and then in Portland, I really enjoyed, we actually went on a brewery bike tour. Yeah, I loved, um, I loved hearing this story. Like, I remember yes. when you guys were there, like, I was stalking you on Instagram because I'm like, this is so cool. <laughs> Main Brews Cruise, uh, yeah. tell Don I sent you. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> they they had such a, um, you know, of course, you know, COVID and things like right, that. People right. don't want to be in buses. And mm-hmm. it's normally that, you know, uh, they, they put you on a bus, but mm-hmm. then it was, uh, you know, a Tuesday afternoon, right. Tuesday, whatever, at, <laughs> at noon or whatever is when it started. Um, we went to the first two places we went to weren't even open for the day yet. And I'm like, this is awesome. Like they I have love like, this. like, yeah, like, like VIP status. Yeah. And then, um, but the place we went to that I fell in love with was Bellflower Brewing. Yeah. I remember and you saying that and like, 
we did not get to go there and so yeah. i am excited to... they're they're newer like they opened in 2021 oh, yeah. like march of 2021 and the authenticity mm-hmm. of of the brewery like when you've been to enough you can tell like right. a place is authentic mm-hmm. they really were in it for the right reasons they mm-hmm. weren't just trying to make money it was two people they met at Treehouse. Oh, I love right? this Treehouse. story. I love I, where this is going. Treehouse, <laughs> or I, I'm pretty sure it's Treehouse. I always get Treehouse and Trillium yep. mixed up. One of the <laughs> Massachusetts <laughs> breweries. <laughs> right? Yes, I'm pretty sure it was Treehouse. Yeah. If, if not, or Trillium. Yeah, it was one of the. I'll look it. I'll say yeah. I'll say Treehouse and Trillium, then I'll go back and cut out the, the correct <laughs> one. But um, the the two uh, the the men met there. They were like volunteer like packaging. Yeah. And they, you know, decided to like move up to Portland for like, you know, quality of life. And they were like, let's get our wives involved. And we were there on the day that we were there, they were brewing Mm -hmm. and the two owners, the two men that were Mm co-owners were doing like packaging and cleaning and and their assistant brewer, a woman was brewing beer as they were like doing the grunt work. Right. right? So, um, just seeing like the authenticity and the beer was fantastic Mm -hmm. and, um, I do remember the beer there. They had a Baltic Porter. Nice. Oh, the, you don't find those. The very Awakening often. place yeah. that was fantastic. Um, but yeah, so we just went there. They had a, a great, you know, we had a great experience, mm-hmm. and you could just see like it's a small, tiny little place. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they could be like they could like you know try to open up a place in Portland and be like, oh, like we're the you know right. we're like these people that worked at this brewery yeah. and and we have this big name. We're gonna yeah. open this huge place, and it was really a small place that was just well done yeah. and. And, you know, part of the community and they're not like, you know, because they're new to, to Portland and Portland mm-hmm. is very like a mature. Oh, yeah. There's a know, lot to yes, do there. Yes, there's yeah. a lot to do there in terms of like beer and outside of beer. Yeah. And they weren't like coming in and being like, we're better than you. They're like, we want to be part of this community because we love this community. Yeah. And you could see that mm-hmm. from like from an outsider standpoint. Yeah. And that was that was one of the great things about visiting um, and then checking that place out. Yeah. So. And I think that that is, you bring up such a good point that, especially in the Cincinnati beer community, so much of it is not, it's, it isn't, it isn't cutthroat at all. Like the, we want to see other breweries succeed. And I think of, you know, um, just even us at FIB, we do a lot and, and work a lot with like Brett at, at Urban Artifact. Like they're really good friends of, of ours, of Bob's and of Bob and Betty's. And so that's, that's the community that is, craft beer in Cincinnati like it, it yeah. is a we love each other we want to see each other succeed didn't I think uh, Andy McLeese from Brink didn't yes. his band play here like he was a couple on weeks ago Friday I think he was on here here on Friday yeah like the, yeah literally that that is the community and I think even another member of the uh, Brink staff was here just earlier this evening like yeah. that's that's just how it is in, in Cincinnati beer yeah. and um, I would love to hear your story of like one of your Cincinnati brewery members. Brink, Brink, is, <laughs> Brink is actually the one that's, yeah. that was made, what made me think yeah. of, of uh, Andy. But yeah. yeah, Brink is is every time I go, it's just the first time I went there. And, and it's funny because, you know, in 2016, uh, going into 2017 mm-hmm. is when I first started going to all. You know, I was yeah. still newer to Cincinnati yep. and like was like, what the heck is Mount Healthy? Like, <laughs> right. Where is like, where do we go? Like right. we're like, yeah. <laughs> like looking for yes. all these places and Morrow and, yeah, right. and, and all these places. Um, but you know, we, there were like 38, I think was the oh, number gosh. I counted when we first started. And I was like, that's a lot. Like that's yeah. going to take us a while. Yeah. And by the time we were done, there were like probably 50. Like it was to the point we were like getting angry when new places. <laughs> Can opened. you stop? 
like we were like not being able to keep up with it because yeah. we were going to like two or three a weekend and yeah. like and Brink opened up in February and I was like oh my god there's another like place we have to go to <laughs> this one's on the west like yeah. I know they don't say they're on the west side but they're the west side <laughs> to uh, people who are on the east side <laughs> we're the west side so yes yeah central central, central Florida, Florida, or, as Bob said uh college hill and i was like oh my god like we have to go to this place another place that's gonna be terrible right <laughs> um because there were terrible breweries in cincinnati most of them are no longer around right. so i can talk mm-hmm. i yeah. no, not naming names but the, the places that are still here are mostly good right um but like i was just like oh like another place to go that i like i don't know yeah. we were like getting angry they yeah. opened in february we were like hoping to be done by the end of winter yeah <laughs> um, but we went there and i was like oh this is like and you could see the mm-hmm like the the vision of yes. like of college hill and like yeah. what it's oh, become yeah. um and that was before you even went into into the brewery and then yeah. um you know kelly was there at the time mm-hmm. and brewing mm-hmm. beers yep. and like the beers were like oh my god this is amazing kelly does amazing and work and continues yes. to so yeah um and they still are even like and I think they are almost to the point where they're like winning more awards as when he's gone. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's like, like third eyes trying to keep up with, right. with what, uh, what, what they've been doing. But, um, yeah. So Brink was just a great, like, this is what a community brewery is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Like I yeah. love the community breweries and you can see they're part of their community. You can see like, Hey, they have, you know, like, I know like you want to have food, but like they have food from like the place next door oh, yeah. and they have a menu and then people yeah. next door will bring yes. the food there. And like, they're <laughs> part of that community. And like, mm-hmm. everyone realizes like that, that's a good thing for the community. Yes. And I think that, you know, there are, I've been to, to hundreds of breweries like that, mm-hmm. but Brink is the one that's local that like, yeah. I'm like, if you come to Cincinnati, go to Brink because you will not ever have a bad beer there. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's so accurate. Um, and it's just a great experience. It's a small place. It's like you know understated. Mm-hmm. Like they they're not like boisterous or anything like that. Yeah. And and just the beer is amazing. Yeah. And then also Fibonacci, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so as the guy who brewed, right. brewed beer is sitting behind me. But yeah, I appreciate all the breweries. All the breweries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They they they're really big on the the dark beers too. Like I yeah. I think that they. Uh, they've they've done like the the thing about Brink too is like they have every they have something for everyone. Do you mm-hmm. want like an adjuncted beer? They yeah. have that for you. Do you want a pilsner? Do you want right. a, uh, a dark beer? Do you want a mild? Do you want a yeah. sour? Every time I'm there, I'm like, oh, they have literally something for everyone. And and that's it's a hundred percent accurate that you bring this up because I for my bachelorette party I did the Cincy Brew Bus and Brink was one of the places oh, that yeah. we went and. <laughs> Um, my one friend was is pretty adamantly not a beer drinker, but we obviously she was out and, and she said the hold the reins, the English mild. She's like, I actually like this. And like, oh yeah, this beer has won a lot of awards. Yes, like, they... <laughs> and, and, and rightfully so. I mean, it's yeah, yeah. It, it really is. And um, Brink is so even when people come into the brewery and I'm bartending, they're you know because I. Typically, I don't work them as much anymore, but typically I would work Saturday afternoon shifts, and that is day drinking people who have never been into the brewery before they come in, they have flights. That's what I typically would see. And whenever people would come in, or especially if they're staying in the Airbnbs, they're like, where else do we go? And I would, I always, and I'll I'll tell you kind of my story too, but I always say, you know, um, Brink, Urban Artifact, 
and third eye are, are my yeah. t- to goes. But I, my personal favorite outside of Fib, obviously, is actually Listerman's. And Listerman's is a big name in Cincinnati. And so um, I typically wouldn't say a big name because I love to support the tiny nano breweries like Fibonacci. But my very first experience at Listerman's was in 2013. It was before I even moved to Cincinnati. I was down here um, for my brother-in-law's 30th birthday. And we did the Cincy Brew Bus. And this was like when they first opened. Like it was, I think I think we were on the second tour ever of the Brew Bus. And we went to Rheingeist, we went to Moorline, and we went to Listerman's. And at the time, Listerman's was the tiny, tiny space. And it was, there was Like they no, hadn't even opened up their, their they were, The yeah, back, back room yeah. wasn't open, and they had the tiny bar. Like So when you walk into Listerman's now, the bar is right in front of you. But if you were to walk in, the bar was to the right up against the wall. It was this tiny little space. And at that time, like I wasn't really introduced to craft beer a whole lot. And that memory sticks out to me as one of the first times I was really introduced to not only craft beer, but Cincinnati craft beer and what the potential was. And then um, very shortly after that, Sam and I moved to Cincinnati and that's when our our beer collecting and beer hobby kind of really <laughs> yeah. enhanced a whole yeah. lot. But that was like Listerman's was a really positive experience for me and and even still like it is I go in there and I love every beer I have I go in there and the environment is fun like I know the people who work there like it is Listerman's is is kind of like my home like I mean and I say that because not you know like I obviously work at Fibonacci and I don't even honestly go to Listerman's that much but every time I go there I just feel home and that's the environment that I think that you want to find in a brewery. It doesn't matter if it's Listerman's, it doesn't matter if it's Fib or Brink or any of the breweries in Cincinnati or anywhere in the nation. It's all about like finding a place like that feels home, like feels comfortable. Like your neighborhood bar or yes, neighborhood yeah. brewery, yeah, which is like, the new exactly. thing. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's what Fibonacci truly is, is a neighborhood brewery. That's where yeah. like, half of our, <laughs> half of our customers walk here. I walk here. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, but that's what like the beer community is all about is, is the camaraderie. It's about the, um, finding a place that you can be yourself and you can have good beers and you can just find a community. Yeah. I completely agree. My neighborhood brewery is street side. So yes. I walk there all the time. Yeah. Um, and, and they are always doing really yeah. good and, and really fun stuff. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh, like you guys are, are doing, you know, another pastry stout that's yes. like, yeah, like <laughs> barrel aged and, and yeah, but they, they're, you know, I always joke, like we moved there because we're like, Oh, street side's right on um, the street. So, so you joke, ours is real. <laughs> we, um, so we had started coming to Mount healthy when we were living in, like the Woodlawn Glendale area. So we were only 10, 15 minutes away, but I kept saying after we started coming here more regularly, it was like, I want to move to Mount Healthy. Like I want to be in that community. I want to be near the brewery. And that's why we moved here. Like Betty, the owner, like helped us um, find a home. And that's why we moved here. So like you jokingly say it, we say it for real. <laughs> Great story. So um, the the last thing I want to talk about is your podcast. Yes. Um, so of course this is brood, you know collaboration between yes. Brood Adventures and Keep Moving Forward. So you have your Keep Moving Forward podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have episodes every week. Yes. This podcast, Brood Adventures, does not come out every single week. Mm-hmm. It comes out 
basically at this point when I feel like doing yeah, it. Yeah. But I, I do another the, podcast. Hell yeah. Like. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, what's the, the podcast? That, uh, the podcast is similar to the book, but not exactly the same. Yeah. Right? So the podcast is really focused on personal development and positive mindset coaching, specifically towards taking action in your life. And so I talk a lot about limiting beliefs. I talk a lot about ways to help move yourself forward um, so that you can have the life that you dream of and, and to keep um, pushing past those things that are, are keeping you complacent. And so my podcast is, um, I never use specifically men or women for my podcast because I, I want it to be an open um, community for anyone who feels called to it. Um, but it is, or um, it is truly meant to help with that positive mindset coaching to get you from where you are to where you want to go. Yep. So all of the events mm-hmm. uh, yes. on your website, right? Yep. So you can find them on my website, dianamariekeller.com forward slash events. You can go to my Facebook page. So I have facebook.com forward slash Diana Marie Keller author. Um, podcast keep moving forward um instagram at diana underscore marie underscore keller um and i'm sure you'll have everything linked so yeah. it's it's you can find it there <laughs> gotta build that brand so yeah uh this was fun i mean i yeah. i really enjoyed um you know i do want to mention thank you so much to fibonacci mm-hmm. bob and betty for the hospitality mm-hmm. uh i enjoy like there i i always look for like you know, it took me like, you know, I'm, I live on the opposite side of town. I'm driving right. here during rush hour. Yeah. And I'm <laughs> yes. like, that did not feel bad. Like if you were just like sitting in traffic, just like pretend that you're going to a brewery yeah. and traffic doesn't seem that bad. Right. Or then also just go to a brewery. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, it's a hundred percent. Like even <laughs> we don't get over to the East side, like things like street side and, and 50 West. Like we don't go over there because it's like, it's so far, but then yeah. you get in the car and you're like, that, that was not bad at all. So, yeah. cause yeah. you're like going to a brewery and yes. you're never unhappy when you're going <laughs> you're to a brewery. Right, exactly. So, um, brewery adventures. I've got, uh, some, uh, yep. some yep. fun stuff coming up. Um, probably going to do Milwaukee and Madison in, nice. in October. Nice. Um, and then maybe Denver and Hawaii next year. What? Yeah, oh, so that'll be awesome. You'll have to go to Eagle park. Was that the one? Oh yeah. In Milwaukee. That's yes. like, we're staying by, well, my wife doesn't know this yet. <laughs> I'm the planner, but yes. the plan is to stay by Eagle Park yes. slash Lakefront. And oh, so we area. I had one. It was like a pineapple upside down. Be- oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like, I am one where, like, I will I love to get half pours because I like to try everything. Yeah, like, we do flights. Yes. Yeah. I went for a full pour. We left <laughs> with cans. Like, good stuff. Yeah. And it's driving distance, so we will end up with, yes. like, we're going. Uh, yes. I'm trying to make it so that potentially New Glarus is my 500th brewery. Yes. So, oh. Not, have I don't you know. Been there? I have no, not. No, no. Oh. Yeah. So ten out um, of ten yeah. worth, however extra long to go to it. It yeah. is awesome. Yeah. So the idea is to go to New Glarus, and then Madison, yeah. and then to Milwaukee. And my, one be... of my really one of my friends, Joel, who's also whose brewery travels. Yes. At Brewery Adventures lives in Milwaukee, and yeah. I'm sure that like the hospitality would be will be amazing and and, um, I'm excited for that so yeah so but um, talk a little bit more because I'm going to obviously share this on my podcast as well so talk a little bit more about your podcast obviously brewery adventures and you're in you kind of travel so just talk a little bit more where people can find you um brewery adventures on Instagram um I post basically it it is so that I don't have my my main feed of like people like you go to a lot of breweries and you drink a lot so <laughs> that's, um, okay. that's how it started yeah. of like oh yeah I should like you know call it something else yeah. like brew adventures 
Um, and then MMA McKinney is like kind of my hub. I have another podcast yep. called Beer, Beers and Beards, uh, where I, of course, don't have a beard, but I love <laughs> beer. And then the other guy has a beard. And, and we talk about the, the beer and bourbon industry. Yes. Uh, we also talk about a lot of, you know, things that are happening in the industry, seltzers and, yep. and mm-hmm. all that fun stuff. And then, then also just like random, just life things. It's yeah. like fly on a wall, like bar conversation yeah. a lot of times. Um, and then Brewery Adventures comes out, you know, we tip, I typically talk about one brewery. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done some other different, you know, talk about like, you know, a, a small town of like, mm-hmm. here's three in a small town that you can go to. Um, and it's usually me and a, and a guest each week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've also been on the Brewery Travels podcast a lot where he talks, Joel mm-hmm. uh, talks a lot about, uh, talks about a different city each time. Nice. Yeah. So if you want to go to Portland, Maine yeah. and you want to do some research before you go there, listen to this brewery and, or listen to this podcast and yeah. like, you just write down all the breweries as they mention them <laughs> and then go there, which is basically what I did as, yeah. as uh, you know, having been a guest and then also, mm-hmm. um, you went to, uh, to Portland, Maine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so just talk about breweries and I, t- I talk about the, the beer and the, and the brewery aspect, yep. but then also the travel yeah. aspect of it as, as well. I, I have like, I admit that I've wanderlust and like yep. I would travel every weekend if, if yep. I could, yeah. um, and, and do like a road trip as, as many as I can. And like, you know, I'm the planner and I love yeah. trips and things like that. And yeah. uh, so it, it, I do talk about like the, the travel aspect of it as yeah. well. So it's we, not just beer. Like I do other things sometimes too. Like, we, you know, like in St. Louis, we stayed next to um, Forest Park. Yeah. You were telling me yeah. about that. Uh, yeah. And we took our dog and like our dog loved it. And mm-hmm. we, you know, took him on like a five mile walk. And yeah. like, then we were trying to take him to breweries and he's like, I'm done. <laughs> Like, I'm exhausted. Like, <laughs> Just let me sleep. <laughs> so we like ended up taking him back to our Airbnb yeah. uh, for the first place. And then we just like kind of hung out the rest of the day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, you know, we do other things than, <laughs> than just beer when we travel. So. It's, it's always so interesting to me. And I'm so glad that you said like, hey, let's make this a collaboration because it's not something that I, I really do talk a lot about on um, my podcast, but people who know me know how much I love craft beer and so and so many of them are like oh my gosh I love craft beer and so I'm excited to highlight this on my podcast so people can not only get to know you but just who I am more deeply you know beyond my podcast too so this is an excellent collab yeah I do want to come to one of your events as well I might be the only man there but no that's okay uh, I I actually have gotten (laughs) a lot of questions of like can I come at like friends like husbands and that kind of stuff and like can I come and I'm like I expect you to be there so yes yeah (laughs) hopefully you're not gonna make Sam go to every single I'm not gonna make him go to every well there's beer so he might actually want to go you know what in some of the breweries we actually haven't been to yet so so this so I'm like I might make him come to some of the newer which breweries have you not been to okay so I haven't he has been to municipal I haven't yet um Alexandria I haven't been to yeah you're so if you don't know Cincinnati Municipal and Alexandria are as far apart as you can get. So <laughs> I mean, it's probably a good hour at least yeah. in between them. If you're anywhere in between them, which if you're in Cincinnati, you are. Yes. <laughs> there's one for you. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, like literally as far south as Alexandria, Municipal, street side, if we're going to east, I have West Side Brewing. Like they yeah. are spread out. That's awesome. Yeah. So the, the list is on your website yep. and then... Mm-hmm. Um, you, throughout August and September and yep. early October. Yep. And they also are like different times of day too. So yeah, like I so saw I have one was some, like Saturday afternoon, yep. some um, in the evening. Yeah, I have some, I have some, you know, Tuesday through Thursday evenings. I have one, one or two Friday night, I think. 
Um, uh, Fretboard actually asked me to come do a live podcast, so I'll be doing a live podcast there. I think that's on a Monday. That's awesome. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do Saturday, Sunday days. So, yeah, like it, literally you can find a time that will work in your schedule because there's such a huge array. I will probably come to the Fretboard one then because I haven't been there in yes. basically, I think, since I did our, my live podcast yes, there. Yeah, I haven't been to Fretboard in a while, too. So, like, some of them I haven't been to in a while, and I'm really excited yeah. to go back. Like, Swine, I haven't been there in a while, so I'm excited to check that one out. Street Side is another one um, I haven't been to in a while, so excited to just go back and, and revisit these, too. Yeah, that was, like, when I when we did the first, um, the first you know, go around, and it's like, okay, let's go back to the ones that we really <laughs> oh, like. Oh, yeah, because by the and time you get still through go. the like, yeah. by the time you get through the list, like, they've come out with an entire new top pet list, and you're like, okay, yeah. time to go back. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, thank you so much. Uh, thank you for being on Brew Adventures. I was, I'm, yes, I'm honored to be on, on Keep Moving, moving Forward. forward. Yep. Um, but, yeah, the uh, find us on social media. Find us on anywhere, yep. podcasts, all that fun stuff. Yep. Thank you so much for listening. Yes. Uh, I, I usually say we'll be back next week with another episode of Brew Adventures, but then, like, I don't do another episode <laughs> the next week. We'll be so. back eventually. <laughs> yeah. We'll be back when uh, – just subscribe, and then yeah. you'll get the, the podcast whenever exactly. whenever it uh, whenever it shows up. So all thank right. you so much. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you for the hospitality. Thank you, Sam, for the beer. I think you ran away. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> like, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. Yep. Remember we were riding in your car Not thinking about much, didn't get too far Nineteen miles till the gas ran now And I ain't never walked that far before It tastes like candy and cigarettes And at that point, I hadn't tasted anything better yet Got that love that can make a man Got those eyes make a man forget Ooh, 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 ooh Say you love me all the way Say that you love me too Say that you call every single day